All right, let's get into our Friday afternoon. That's how we do it around here with Dennis Stewart and Health Naturally. Dennis, you've beat the rain coming in today. so I did, I did. What we're going to do is make you stick around well after that. We don't want oh, you... Oh, are you really? Okay. At least the car's if, getting if a wash. If you're lucky. If we're lucky. Dennis, in the last couple of weeks, you were, were talking about quite a lot of... Um, Shall we say more simple, well-known herbs and supplements? One you picked on was uh, Cully Muir uh, in terms of uh, helping out with mucus congestion. Today, you'll be taking a look at sage and how it can help out. Fascinating story. But first of all, Cully Muir is potassium chloride. And when we talk about it being in a biochemic remedy, that means it's presented in a homeopathic form for which resolving congestion is one of its classic indications. Today, we'll talk about a well-known herb called sage and a remarkable example of how it works. Good afternoon. Uh, Matthew at Horseshoe Bend, you have a question for Dennis today. What's happening, Matthew? Oh, not a lot, mate. How are you all going, all right? Very well, Matthew. Dennis, thanks for taking my call, mate. I've got a mate of mine um, I ran into yesterday, obviously, with the cold weather. He's got Raynaud's disease or Raynaud's yes. disease. Raynaud's syndrome, yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, and I thought of you immediately thinking, well, is there something he might be able to take to improve okay. his circulation to his extremities? Yeah. Look, I'll just mention very quickly to listeners, Raynaud's uh, syndrome or disease, whatever what you want to call it, is a well-known condition where people have a chronic very difficult condition uh, to treat, but which is characterised by a, a tragic, very weak uh, and sometimes dangerous uh, circulation of blood, particularly to the extremities, the, the feet and the fingers in particular. Even in uh, ordinary summer weather, people with Raynaud's can still experience poor circulatory activity, which can uh, make the condition quite compromising. Um, Having said the difficulty associated with treating the disease doesn't mean that it can't be helped. Now, the, I have spoken over the last couple of weeks in a group of herbs that we uh, know colloquially as circulatory stimulants. And that is a term that we herbalists use to look at the way in which um, in uh, pathways that are difficult to entirely explain, a group of simple herbs best represented by cayenne or capsicum in encapsulated form. I emphasize that, an encapsulated form. Uh, cayenne is a classic leading example of a circulatory stimulant that in our profession has evidenced great ability to assist in managing this condition. Now I'm talking about managing it, not curing it. Having said that, as well as using encapsulated preparations of cayenne, taken seriously by the way, I would be recommending for adults a capsule of cayenne uh, after each meal. Uh, using that ongoingly as a treatment and just not an occasional access to the herb can be useful. But in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, an American herb that I have great regard for, and not as popularly known and perhaps a little bit more difficult to get, but we professional herbalists see it as an important herb, and that is the American herb known as prickly ash. Now, prickly ash is the, the bark of a well-known American tree, and it has a reputation also for addressing peripheral problems, including Raynaud's, where it can be useful, put it in that terminology. So those two herbs, cayenne and encapsulated preparation of it, uh, taken after a meal, and using 
uh, prickly ash in whatever form one can procure it, which would probably mean that your colleague would have to go uh, to a herbalist or someone who has a herbal dispensary uh, or other forms of conveying the American herb prickly ash. They are two beaut herbs that I could not practice without uh, having access to. Perfect, Dennis. Thanks so much for your help. That's, um, that's really informative, and I'll, and I'll pass that information on to him. Thanks so much. Thank you, Matthew. All right, all the best for you, Matthew. 49216216 if you have a question for Dennis Stewart today. And a couple of calls coming in uh, saying some of those uh, conditions on the roads at the moment, very, very tricky with a lot of that uh, heavy storm activity coming through. And uh, around the uh, Adamstown Heights area, City Road, a lot of cars pulled over to the side there. So take a bit of care if you're out and about today. Uh, still to come, uh, more of Dennis Stewart. And Dennis, uh, a bit of a one here. Uh, can you just give us a wave right now? So the reason I'm doing that How is because you, if you love uh, watch, you can actually watch along at the moment on our, our webpage. You can actually click into the studio camera and everything's synced up for you. You can actually see and uh, hear Dennis's program today. So how cool is that? Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Heading to Wulgar on the Central Coast. G'day, Julie. A uh, question for Dennis today on Carpal Tunnel. What's happening there, Julie? Uh, hi, Dennis. How Hello, are you? Hello, Julie. Very well, Julie. Yes, well, I saw you yesterday. Well, there you and go. You're the one I got, you remember me? I was, uh, you're helping me with my shingles and nerve pain. And, I do um, indeed. I do indeed. Yes, and the menopause night sweats. Exactly I forgot right. to ask you yesterday, mate, that um, about Carpal Tunnel. Yes. Um, yeah, I was wondering... Um, because I have it, but I've been taking that B stuff, right? But I was wondering if there's anything else I can still do. Look, um, a carpal tunnel is a condition that uh, is probably, when it gets to your stage or when it's seriously uncomfortable, uh, obviously needs to be looked at from a medical or a surgical perspective. Um, having said that, there is an approach to helping people with carpal tunnel, which for the sake of listeners is a condition that essentially, if you like, nerve supply uh, to the fingers, I'll keep it simple, has been compromised by being squashed, if you like, in what's called a carpal tunnel. So the treatment is difficult even in, in our system of medicine, but um, it is worthwhile trying uh, higher dosages of pyridoxin, which is vitamin B6. My um, treatment of, um, of this condition has always yielded to the ideas of the American uh, naturopath Michael Murray and, and Joe Pisano, who wrote an excellent text on naturopathic medicine. They're probably uh, the leading naturopathic physicians in the US. Their treatment very strongly recommended higher doses of vitamin B6, I think round about 150 milligrams, reinforced, however, by a complete high-potency B uh, vitamin complex. The isolation of the vitamin B6 gives it an opportunity to do what it is claimed it can do, but it works best when reinforced by other members of the B group spectrum. I would be suggesting that as a starting base um, for a condition that is not ready yet for any surgical intervention. Patients that I have treated over the years some of them have done well on the treatment, so I would recommend you have a go at that, Julie. Well, thank you, and um, I appreciate everything you've done for me. And um, you know, um, it's 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 a pleasure that you know that I've got to meet you, and um, you're helping me 
like I said to you yesterday, um, where nobody else could help me for the last 10 years. Thank you very much, Julie. And, and keep in mind, Dennis, that that $50 extra is going to come from Julie today. So <laughs> good on you, Julie. Yes, this has all been pre-planned. Yeah, no, uh, a, a disclaimer, insert sarcasm here. G'day, uh, Donna at uh, Wyong. Still on the Central Coast today. What's happening with you, Donna? Um, hi, how are you going? Hello, um, Donna. I've been suffering some pretty horrible... Um, um, I suffer with peripheral artery disease. Yes, yes. And um, I'm, I'm suffering. I had gangrene two years ago oh, and I had dear. a blockage, a blockage in my um, leg and um, I was fortunate enough to keep my foot. Good, good. Now, this time I'm facing surgery. Um, I have a full blockage in my motor artery in my right leg. Yes. With three blockages down the bottom. Yes. Now, I'm on the verge of gangrene. I'm, yes. As I said, I'm waiting for surgery. Yes. I'm just looking at certain different remedies may help with blockages. Look, in your situation, uh, Donna, I would be very cautious in uh, looking too expectantly for a resolution of the problem uh, with herbs, etc. This is a condition which obviously needs uh, pretty urgent medical intervention and a surgical approach it would yeah. seem to be, in your case, life-saving. However, yeah. uh, you're probably on a waiting list, are you, to, to have um, treatment or therapy? I I am actually. Um, I got I've got pre-admission on the sixth of June, oh, so good, my surgery is coming straight up because it, I'm on. As I said, my I'm suffering a lot of pain. Yes, dear I've so. been in pain the last seven weeks waiting for the surgery. But yes. saying that I do suffer a heart disease, I'm yes. on um, two different medications for cholesterol, so yes. it's a hereditary thing that does run in the family, um, yes. unfortunately, and um, it's quite a vicious disease and suffering diabetes as well. Yes. Donna, um, I, I think the good thing here is that uh, it's not far uh, to go for you before you have um, what I would consider to be mandatory um, surgery. I would caution you at this stage against doing too many things um, even using supplements, etc., which may interfere with the medical right. treatment. You're probably on blood thinners, are you? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, this is where I say, and I say this to listeners out there, uh, where you are in a complex, potentially life-saving medical regime, uh, frequently requiring one or more blood thinners, in inverted commas, uh, you have to be cautious even about using uh, natural medications or or vitamin or mineral supplements or herbal supplements because there can be interactions now that might right. that might disappoint listeners but um, i I need to point out to people that um, uh, natural medicine um, is is good I wouldn't be practicing it if I didn't believe in it and see the work that it can do but right. it must not be seen always as an alternative and sometimes no, it can be complicated you you go for it go for the surgery go for it confidently and uh, get back to us after you've uh, had the procedure to see yeah. how you are and to see then if there is anything in this system that might be able to help of course always with your medical advisors yeah i've heard um some sort of juices like certain vegetables and like um, that can help with conditions within the body. And it's natural. I'm guessing juice is not going to kill me, right? Well, you'd have to like be cautious there because if you are using juices that had a lot of vitamin K in it, that could be contraindicated. That would, in fact, work against the blood thinners that you're using. 
So that's we, right. I did do some research yes, on that. That's actually. right. That's even using, even using some vegetable juices in yep. your critical case could right, be complex. Okay. Just plug along as you're going presently. Look yep. confidently for the surgical procedures. You're going to be in very good hands. There's no doubt about that. Get back to us when you have it done and talk to us. Okay, that'll be great. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, Donna. Bye-bye. Best of luck uh, for both Donna and Julie. Dennis, you just uh, all the information coming out today. We love it. Oh, look, very, very good questions. And I Mm. needed to say that in order to overcome this myth that because something is natural, Mm. it is intrinsically uh, without problems. Uh, A natural thing can be problematical and in the hands, therefore, of unskilled alternative medicine practitioners... It, it can be very problematical. But Dennis, uh, sage is something you want to talk about mm. today and uh, how it was able to help out with a very long-standing condition that couldn't seem to get some relief elsewhere. Tell us more. Look, I've spoken about sage on this program over the years occasionally. I'll just go listen to the old ones and move on. <laughs> I need to do it today. Now, sage I've always seen as having a, a very valuable role to play in the treating of a very common condition that many ladies experience. Many ladies experience, uh, particularly as they're moving through the menopause, very troublesome uh, symptoms such as flushing and also uh, perspiration. And this can be quite debilitating, embarrassing and uh, troublesome, to put it that way, Mm. Uh, more so than what perhaps many listeners experience. I first um, treated that condition of a lady from Goulburn when I was a young practitioner practising in my rooms in William Street in, in um, Gosford. This was a lady that came up from Goulburn to visit her daughter who lived at Wyoming. She came to see me because her daughter, who was a patient of mine, said, look, go and see Dennis because this perspiration problem that you've got is something that you've got to take seriously. This lady had been through the menopause years ago but had been left with this embarrassing, constant uh, what you call perspiration of the scalp, day in and day out, which compromised her social life, uh, was embarrassing. And she came, I suspect, a little bit sceptically to see me, and I hadn't had much to do with it before. But I'm a great fan, as many listeners know, of the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia, which I consider to be the Bible of modern herbal medicine. And in that, sage, botanically known as Salvia officinalis, is referred to as an antihydrotic, Now, that is a herb that works against abnormal perspiration. So I prescribed it, and the result was was outstanding, using encapsulated forms of the herb in a stipulated dosage, was able to see this condition improve dramatically in the month that the lady was at Wyoming, and before she went back to Goulburn, she came and and thanked me for making her condition very much more uh, bearable. Now, in recent times, I have treated a condition just as troublesome in a lady who for over 10 years has had unmitigated nocturnal perspiration, which has not yielded to any of the medical approaches, and in desperation again, this dear lady um, came to see me at my New Lambton ribs and I fell back, amongst other things, on prescribing sage. But let me just say... With sage, it's a common herb that one can even procure 
uh, from food counters in the supermarkets. It it is used for stuffing chooks, amongst other things. But when converted into a herbal tea, as this dear lady did, and taking it seriously for an extended period of time, say three cups of sage tea per day, with the last one being taken at night, this has led to a such a dramatic uh, improvement in her condition that it warrants mentioning to many ladies out there who would be still troubled by this condition, despite or despite the modern approaches to addressing the problem, i.e., hormone replacement therapy, etc. Sage is an undiscovered gem, and 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 many ladies are interested to know that in countries such as France. This herb would be a first-line therapy that women would naturally gravitate to, even without going to see a medical practitioner. In that society, as in other European societies, sage is always seen as a starting base for the troubles associated with what we call the change or menopause. So I wanted to mention this today to help my many female listeners that a simple trial on the herb sage just used as a herbal tea. Don't pay a lot of money for more sophisticated preparations. The tea doesn't taste the best, but you can buffer it by using some good honey. And try it. Give it a run. If it's going to do anything, within a month you should be able to notice some improvement in the condition. Do all people yield to its benefits? No, they don't. Do some people yield to it? Most definitely. The thing about it is it is inexpensive. It is very safe. And a recent case demonstrated that the Goulburn experience many, many, many years ago is still valid today in helping women with this problem. So you could almost uh, write a, it's almost a chapter, isn't it? I love that title, The Goulburn Experience. <laughs> yes, well, Goulburn is famous for a number of things. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that lady, I can still remember, dear, dear soul. And uh, yeah, so that's encouragement for, for ladies out there that experience these symptoms, some of which linger on for many years, even though the lady, theoretically speaking, may have moved through what we used to call the change, troubled by these nocturnal symptoms particularly, look, give Sage a go. It doesn't cost much. Yeah, but like you said, it was 10 years after the symptoms remained after 10 that's years. True. Yeah, until, until that's true. Until the stage kicked yeah. in, yeah. That's true. And um, you also said Goulburn famous for a few other things. I'm sure by that, Dennis, <laughs> you mean that giant concrete sheep at the southern end of the town or maybe the uh, the uh, the windmills that dot the uh, pastoral coast on or pastoral rolling hills all the way down to Canberra. Also for Her Majesty's Motel. There you go. <laughs> Dennis, who knows what went on there. Just kind of following up a point on you mentioned, you know, sage, something mm, fairly mm, simple. Mm, you can mm. pr- find it anywhere. How that's helping out to a lot of folks, it might seem a little bit counterintuitive that some of these very simple remedies in the twenty first century, where there's so much other uh, ph- access to pharmaceuticals, etc., some of these very simple remedies are still having that punch and cut through. Well, my comment on that would be that, regardless of the so called advances in modern medicine, which is very strongly structured around uh, pharmaceuticals. Uh, my view is that the human being hasn't changed that much. And uh, the remedies that have supported humanity for thousands of years, many of which go right back to the Greeks and to the ancient Indians, uh, many of those remedies are still used in traditional cultures 
uh, to treat conditions which today in Western society uh, have been seen to be the exclusive domain of modern medicine. The reality is traditional medicine uh, or herbal medicine and other systems of medicine still work. The human being has not changed that much. The conditions that we experience haven't changed that much. And many of those conditions have been, in my opinion, well treated in the past by competent, uh, well-trained practitioners of herbal medicine. It, uh, it's not to me, um, how can you call it, problematical or out of context to say that the renaissance, and that's how I refer to it, the renaissance of traditional medicine, herbal medicine, in modern society, particularly since the Second World War, is something that points out that there is a system of medicine out there, historically based, shown to be very safe over the many years in which it's been practised, based on what's called empiricism, that is the evidence of history, which people are still keen to access. And that's the point, Mark. People yeah. are not forced to use uh, what used to be called alternative medicine. I call it traditional medicine, natural medicine. They're not forced to use it. Uh, people are not uh, subsidised for using it. People want to use it. And why do they want to use it? Why is it not anomalous for this system of medicine to exist and to be embraced in a modern society is that people want to use it. There is a latent uh, feeling of uh, contentment and confidence in this traditional system of medicine and there is an understanding that it does work and that it is worked by the evidence of modern people in our society who, particularly experiencing chronic diseases, chronic diseases of the skin, of the joints, of the respiratory system, many, many of those people have received benefit from particularly herbal medicine professionally prescribed which was not available within the mainstream. People embrace it because of not getting the results from the mainstream, which are always potentially capable of helping, but not always. People have a choice. Traditional medicine is here today. It's here to stay. The re what I call those that react against it or resist it and claim it's not scientific don't understand the science today behind modern herbal medicine supporting the couple of thousand years of empiricism. So that's the reason why it's here today. History's in its favour, safety's in its favour, qualified practitioners today, well qualified, bring to it a skill supporting it being taken very seriously in a modern society. Almost felt like you were back in the swinging 60s. Uh, I was close. Marching. I was close. Marching. I was close. I was close. Marching. Glebe, here I was. <laughs> here he is. <laughs> All right, last one for you today, Dennis. Uh, g'day, Michael at Curry Curry. Uh, we've got uh, some severe, well, your sister-in-law, Michael, severe migraines that go all the way through to vomiting. Yes, it's a, it's, she's been having this for quite a while and it's very, very difficult for her. She's had a lot of pain yesterday and today and there's Charlie Breeze of age and and there's also Pippa, the, the little little girl. Oh, dear, dear. Mm. Uh, Dennis, would you be able to offer any particular... I think we can make some suggestions here that might help her, Michael. She may have to she may have to go into Cumberland Street in Cessnock to yep. Bowen's to Bowen's clinic to get some of the herbs that I'm going to mention. Let yep. me just say that migraine is something that I consider to be very capable of responding to herbal medicine. 
the the leading remedy uh, is still the herb feverfew, but professionally feverfew is reinforced by a couple of other herbs, one very well-known one, which is rosemary, and and one that is not as well-known as those two, and that is the American herb known as Jamaica dogwood, botanically known as Pisidia. Those three herbs, usually in conjunction with an anti nauseant herb, such as black whorehound, in a liquid combination, which can be procured from Cumberland Street Clinic, that taken over a period of time tends to lessen the frequency and the severity of the migraines. I would see it as capable of responding to some degree to that formulation. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll let Annie know that. So sure, my son will take her in there to the Cessnock. Oh, what about it? Is that is that just up from the the Cessnock, the Cessnock uh, swimming pool? Uh, yeah, Cumberland Street is the end, the southern end yeah. of Cessnock. All right, best of luck, uh, Michael and uh, Dennis. We covered a whole lot of topics yeah, today. Yeah, great program. You were you were shining. Well, well, you were shining. It goes without natural. saying. Yeah. You're a natural. What's going What's going to happen if you just because you were able to be here last week? You were on location. So yes. what happens next time? Do I just sort of jump in and offer some advice? Well, you've been doing it long enough, Mark, to be able to ad lib. <laughs> well, the the advice would be this: um, Dennis should be back next week, okay. and uh, if you're not too unwell, mate, as always, a pleasure. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get you next week. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.